When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To Brave the Wild, with me, your host, Pal Gino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you always for joining me once again today. The Minnesota Wild do have the new general manager. I did talk about him very briefly on the last show. I wish I gave him more <laughs> credit on the last episode. I deeply apologize. I was like, Tom Fitzgerald, Don Waddell, blah, 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 Dean Lombardi, and, well, Tom Fitzgerald was, wasn't really allowed to interview. They figured if you want to give him the job, just give him the job. That being the New Jersey Devils, the assistant general manager was uh, Tom Fitzgerald there. He finished second last year. They figured, hey, you know, you went through all the interviewing process last year. If you're going to hire him, hire him. Otherwise, just leave us alone, basically, because it's almost time to start the season. Uh, Jim Rutherford of the Pittsburgh Penguins was a bit more uh, open about letting uh, Bill Guerin <laughs> interview for the job, the general manager uh, of the Pittsburgh Penguins, allowing assistant general manager Bill Guerin, who we'll get back to in a moment. And, of course, again, Dean Lombardi. That never came to anything, unfortunately. And Don Waddell ended up using us for leverage, which we all expected, but eh, you never know. What the hell? The uh, Carolina Hurricanes owner, kind of weird, didn't really believe in contracts, which, okay, I, I okay, that, that makes sense. Not. So the Minnesota Wild do center on a guy who I think will be a passionate leader for this franchise like Tom Fitzgerald could have been if he was hired last year, that type of thing. This guy might end up being the better guy at the end of the day. He was an actual captain, as was Tom Fitzgerald and everything, yes. Uh, Michael Russo, locally of The Athletic, uh, of course, loved Tom Fitzgerald. He said he would have hired him right away. Uh, part of the problem last year was the tunnel vision, as they pretty much were like, we want Fenton, but let's interview all these other guys just in case. And Fitzgerald wowed them, but apparently just they still went with Fenton anyway. Uh, maybe it was destiny that the Wild would endure a 15-month tribulation with uh, Paul Fenton and wound up with an even better guy in, again, Bill Guerin, who has been a captain throughout the league for many years. The best, he, he would be the right, best right shot forward on the wild right now, that's for sure. Anything during Bill Guerin's career, pretty much, except maybe the last second. Though, of course, he was clutch and very, <laughs> very <laughs> integral part of the Pittsburgh Penguins all the way up to the very end of his career. Which is what's really funny, though, he also went to Boston College. <laughs> we got another guy from Boston College. <laughs> 
remember the jokes I was making about Paul Fenton drafting five Boston College players the last two years? Nah. <laughs> you get four of them in this year's draft. And Bill Guerin is from Massachusetts, and he also played at Boston College and all that. But really, the Massachusetts connection is probably the only similarity between uh, Paul Fenton and Bill Guerin, thankfully. Obviously, very... Uh, established career, very physical guy, captain of the Edmonton Oilers, captain of this team, captain of that team, Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils, with Jacques Lemaire, another uh, another connection with Minnesota, uh, in, in a sense, in the past, well, you know, because Jacques Lemaire was the Wild coach for quite a while there, about nine years, taking the Wild to the uh, Western Conference Finals, where we ran into Jean, Jean, Sebastian Jaguer, but no, a very uh, prolific career 1,200 games, just unbelievable, 400 goals, 400 assists, almost nobody's done that, Uh, United States native, of course, like I mentioned, Massachusetts again, and that's probably, again, hopefully the only, the only similarities between Paul Fenton and Bill Guerin, completely different, uh, more open-minded, more of a team guy, to think Paul Fenton was a hockey player, and yet he's this close to the vest, stay the bleep away from me type of guy, so I guess he meant well in protecting the players of injuries, but he went way the heck overboard with all that, where uh, Bill Guerin is looking to be more collaborative, kind of like uh, Gerson Rosas, uh, who is across the river in uh, the Minneapolis area versus the St. Paul area where the Wild will uh, skate, as they have for 20 years now already, if you can believe that. But uh, no, um, very illustrious career for Bill Guerin. And I, again, I wish I talked about him more on the last episode. It was like immediately after the last episode when we were talking about the firing of Fenton and the future and all that. Ron Hextall, Don Waddell, Bill Guerin, who was mentioned, and then I just kind of moved on, which is a shame, because I remember last year, we kind of looked at it that way, too, but it's like, but that's Bill Guerin, though. I mean, he was really something. He was a hell of a player. I mean, I remember him very well, uh, and he plays a position of need for the Wild. Can, can he suit up? Nah, we'll leave that alone. Hopefully, he's in the <laughs> he's in an even better position, ultimately, leading the entire franchise rather than just the team out on the ice. Uh, multiple 30-goal score, multiple 40-goal score. I mean, just unbelievable uh, career. Well, actually, only once at four. Actually, no, 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 no. He did uh, split the season. Yeah, one of those years where he still wound up with 40 goals. It was just split over a couple uh, couple of different teams there. Oilers and Bruins. Yep, exactly 40 goals. It was back-to-back seasons. Oilers, where he was the captain, and then he was a couple years at the Bruins, about a year and a half there with the Boston Bruins, 40 goals exactly, 41 goals, career high with the Bruins. So he represented his home state very well in the short time he was there. Wow, 40 goals. Mm, 40 goals in each of the seasons he was there. Unbelievable uh, career highs of 66, 69, this type of thing. So he was more of an even guy. He didn't get a trillion assists to go along with his uh, huge goals, but he got some, and he was very clutch. At the end of the day, though, it's not about Bill Guerin, the player, even though it's very interesting to note how good of a player he truly was. Fenton, more of a third, fourth line kind of guy, bottom six guy in his career. Uh, for some reason, I thought he was a defenseman, but no, he was a forward. He was like, you know, third, third, fourth line kind of guy who had a good season or two here and there, but kind of in and out role player. Um, Risebrow, obviously a very valuable piece, defensive forward for the Montreal Canadiens and the uh, Calgary Flames. Played his whole career in Canada. Did uh, Mr. Doug Risebrow, who couldn't draft a, he, my goodness, he couldn't draft anybody. It was the worst ever. Um, Fletcher, obviously successful in the draft for the most part. He was okay. His trades are what really kind of did him in. Terrible trades. I mean, a million bad trades. And then Paul Fenton pretty much stunk at everything, except maybe a couple of free agents signings were, were savvy, 
You know, Eric Fair was okay. You know, uh, this and that. Uh, Zuccarillo, we'll see. Should be fine. Just kind of expensive and a no move. What the F is that? And, uh, you know, sending, uh, having, uh, basically building up the AHL club, the Iowa Wild, a bit more was, I think, a good thing. Hopefully, Bill Guerin kind of keeps focus on that a bit as well. But um, <clears throat> the atmosphere around this team is going to be completely different now. Uh, I do believe Mike Madano, business advisor, <laughs> executive uh, executive advisor for the Minnesota Wild on the business side of the the equation, was a part of the interviewing process, which I thought was freaking awesome. And you got the connection, Bill Guerin and Mike Madano. They played three years on the Stars. They played on four Olympic clubs, which is a big deal because you're basically all together traveling the world, basically. Um, in those Olympic, uh, oh man, in those Olympic games, pretty cool. I mean, that is a tight knit group of guys. I'd have to say, and they get along very well. Again, both American ties, which is a big deal, <clears throat> I think. I had a feeling, it was like right after the show, I had a feeling, you know what, Bill Guerin's going to go way up to the top, isn't she? And, well, you know, I mean, and you hear about his personality, his style, and all that. Obviously, what kind of player he was, and then you kind of bring that to the uh, hockey ops. His, his leadership qualities, his, his team team game, which is what this team needs in so many ways, in the locker room and in the executive office after what Fenton did. And of course, uh, the locker room hasn't been that good for a while. I mean, you know, go ahead and say it's just rumors. It's just, uh, you know, it's just Michael Russo needling the club, you know, picking on people. No, he's not. I, I think there's, I think Russo knows what he's talking about. I think, uh, and when I talked about it on the show a couple of times, Ryan Studer and the confidants and getting this coach fired and kind of, you know, I need to be playing the most minutes in the NHL, basically, regardless of the situation, that type of stuff. That's been a problem in this game, and i got to think uh, a guy who's been a captain forever, literally running your franchise, is going to help that. i, I got to hope so. Uh, he said some of that stuff might be hearsay. I don't know. I'll find out, that type of thing. That was during the, uh, you know, the uh, press conference on Wednesday. Again, I'm a little late, but I'm not here to break news. I'm here to discuss news. I wouldn't mind breaking news, but I don't have a job as a reporter right now. And, yeah, quite frankly, I have to do my regular job first. First things come first, that type of thing. But, uh, absolutely, uh, this guy has a chance to really change the atmosphere in in all facets. Uh, he's very pro-analytics, which is good. You need analytics today. You just have to. Whether you like it or not, you want to be old school on this, you want to be old school on that, you got to have analytics in your in your organization you don't want to just push people away and quite frankly the analytics on the guy named Victor Esk weren't so good and Carolina was thrilled to trade him away uh Don Waddell kind of fleeced us twice in a way but then again ah eh, you know what I mean I think we got a, a, a great fit um I have some addendum and errata to do that means correcting myself from the previous episode and a couple of things I didn't talk so highly of Ron X Hextall and I, I I regret that um now yes there was a scorched earth approach to that team, but there's a reason for the scorched earth, and he drafted very well. He built the, uh, he, he was building up the farm system in a big way. It's just he wasn't showing on the ice yet because the players weren't there yet. And Mr. Hart, the goaltender, yeah, when I said they don't have a goalie, well, they didn't have a current goalie on the NHL roster, but Hart is one of the top prospects in, in the NHL. He's got a great future to be a great goalie for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. So, again, I apologize to Ron Hextall if one in a billion chance he actually heard the show or just people that maybe may think higher of Ron Hextall than I did. So, again, there was a scorched earth approach. There was fear of he had a little bit of a Fenton personality, too close to the vest. But other thoughts were, 
that there may have been a bit of a country club thing going on in, in Philadelphia. And that's BS. You know, Phil, country club stuff, maybe like uh, I thought might have been going on with Fenton, Studer, and uh, Leopold just a little bit. Nudge, nudge, nudge. But luckily that came to a, <laughs> that came to a screeching halt when Leopold fired the guy, uh, Fenton, abruptly. And, of course, clearly was uh, not pleased with what was going on to a point of he was sitting there on the draft table. Literally, that's unbelievable. He was literally at the table next to Leopold, or excuse me, next to uh, Fenton on draft day. That's unbelievable. Because it's like, hey, basically, like, listen to people. Listen, open your ears, Paul. Hey, Paul, open your ears. Where uh, Bill Guerin is going to be, I got to think, quite the opposite. You know, you don't want to worry about the whole pendulum thing. Just like every presidency, it's like the total the polar opposite of this guy, this guy, that guy, every head coach in the NFL. Offensive-minded genius, but he just ignored the defense. The defense sucks. It's the worst defense ever. This guy's an idiot. He only drafts offense. And like, you know, like Dennis Green, people looked at that. Then you bring in this guy, that guy. <clears throat> you go way hardcore on the defense. Now the offense really sucks. Let's go back to defense. Let's go back to defense. And then sometimes you got to just say, you know what? Let's uh, Let's chill a little bit. Uh, you had uh, <clears throat> Leslie Frazier, of course, of the Vikings. No offense at all, basically, all defense. But he wasn't even good at defense, so you end up getting a better defensive coach in Zimmer, that type of thing, rather than kind of swinging the pendulum too far one way or the other. Uh, disciplinarian, nice guy. Disciplinarian, nice guy. Disciplinarian, nice guy. Where Garin is probably kind of in the middle because he's obviously a nice guy, but he was a tough guy, too. I mean, over 100 penalty minutes almost every season he played. I mean, that's a lot. That's a big, big number. Uh, 1,660 penalty minutes throughout his career. 1,263 games. Again, 429 goals, 427 assists. Nice and even. That's kind of cool. Though some of his prolific goal-scoring years, the assists a little below the goal-scoring. That's why he didn't get, like, super high point totals, like 89-90, which he probably could have. But it is what it is. Shoot the bleeping puck. You know, and and that's good. He probably could, uh, again, help with the Ryan Donatos of the world out there. Um, <clears throat> other unique and amazing things about this man, Bill Guerin, which tells you he's a lot more humble than you got to think. A guy who made a lot of money, a guy who's been a team captain, a guy who's won four Stanley Cups, one with New Jersey, uh, had some good seasons with Edmonton. He was the full-on captain with the Edmonton Oilers, the absolute leader for four years, the better part of four years there. Again, won a Stanley Cup uh, his second last season with the Penguins. Uh, after a couple of good years of the Isles, definitely much more, well, it was like a, a year and a half. He got traded to the Penguins just in time for that team to make another cup run, and that time they were successful in the rematch. After losing to Detroit the year before, they head into Detroit uh, <laughs> and, and win Game 7. They were the first team, actually, to win Game 7 on the road in many, many years. Now it's like no home teams ever win Game 7s anymore, which is the darndest thing. It's like gone completely... It's, it's swung around full circle here, a complete 180, uh, where nobody wins Game 7s at home. And well, But Pittsburgh was the first one to kind of get that going, and Bill Guerin scored a pretty big goal down the stretch that helped the Pittsburgh Penguins ultimately defeat the Detroit Red Wings in the seventh game of the finals. 45 points, 78 games, very healthy, strong year, 21 goals in his final season with the Pens. But again, you go from this prolific guy who's gotten it done at every level, and then he goes... Instead of jumping into the front office like assistant GM, general manager right away, general manager right away, maybe a, 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 one of the one of the big assistant coaches with the with the club right away, boom, like like a lot of these big name guys do, um, you know Scott Stevens, boom, assistant coach with the the Wild right away, that stuff like that. Patrick Waugh, head coach of the, you know, head coach, like right when he gets into the front office, he moves way up, this type of thing. 
Um, even though Patrick Wad had been kind of in the organization, but bam, head coach. Uh, Bill Guerin, though, starts as a developmental coach, which is basically like Brad Bombardier and now Matt Hendricks' job, where you just kind of travel all over the place and do this and do that. Definitely shows a bit more humility. He just kind of gradually moved up. Years later, becomes the assistant general manager in the last five years, assistant GM with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and eventually, ultimately, was uh, involved in every single trade conversation with Jim, Ruff, uh, Jim Rutherford, who was, the Hall of, who was a future Hall of Famer now. He is going to be inducted in the Hall of Fame when the time comes here. He's already achieved that role uh, with the Penguins and, and the NHL in general. Um, worked with him on all those trades and all that information, all those big moments. And now here he is, the uh, general manager of the Minnesota Wild. It was a long climb from uh, 2010 till today. A long climb, about nine years, kind of working his way up, working his way up, and doing it the old-fashioned way like somebody like I might do who didn't play a single game in the NHL. You start off way, way down there. Or maybe a guy like Brad Bombardier who didn't play a huge role. He was a, such a valuable player, though. He couldn't stay freaking healthy. Oh, I loved Brad Bombardier. Oh, I loved him. He, he, oh, a lot of the intangibles that Spurgeon does, Jared Spurgeon, that's why I love him so much, but Spurgeon obviously stands out a bit more than Bomber did. But God, I love that guy. Brad Bombardier, one of my favorites all time with Minnesota. Uh, Bill Guerin worked his way all the way up. The humility, the honesty. And, you know, I mean, you go from a guy who's just like, yep, 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 Bruce is my coach. And Bruce is like, well, thanks for asking him. I, I didn't know that, actually, that I was going to be the coach next year, even though he's there. Bruce was like half joking, but yeah, it was like a nudge, nudge. Like, yeah, he, was, he wasn't really joking either. He was joking. He was saying it in a joking way, but like in an honest way as well. Clearly, not only did Bruce Brudrow and Paul Fenton not see eye to eye, they were like miles apart. I mean, we're talking oil and water. It was just ridiculous. Bruce Boudreaux is a polar opposite type of person who's an open, honest guy. Paul Fenton's a guy who's just, like, got a noose around his neck every second. And that noose got too tight, and he, and, he, and, he, and he didn't... Yeah, it did what nooses do to people when they're around people's necks, basically, at the end of the day. <clears throat> Forgive that. Uh, I don't really like to be too graphic, but that's kind of what happened to him in a lot of ways. He, he didn't help his cause at all. He dug his own grave, did Paul Fenton. Where uh, this guy, very collaborative, right out of the gate, immense respect for Bruce Boudreau. Did you ever hear that once from Paul Fenton? Not, not even not even the introductorial press conference. Seriously. Seriously? You know? I mean, just like the guys won at every level, he was basically saying was uh, Mr. Um, Bill Guerin about Bruce Boudreau during the introductory press conference. Uh, amazing quote here, though, later on. He told Fox Sports North, North that Bruce Boudreau, he said, I don't know if they could have chosen a better person to lead our team. Uh, where was it? Yep, he said that's the kind of leadership we need from up top. And that's pretty cool that Bruce Boudreau would say that. So mutual respect right out of the gate between these two guys. Big difference. It's a big difference. Uh, they could, he said, I don't know if they could have chosen anybody better. And yes, you're saying the right things and all that. But at the same time, you know, I mean, you could tell that's how it's heartfelt and it's, and it's honest and all that. And that's who Bruce Boudreau is. Um, very cool. He, he didn't have like a guarded like, yeah, good hire. Yeah, good hire. I'm looking forward to working with him. Merch, you know, you can tell it's kind of like, oh, we'll see. <laughs> this one very much uh, has a chance to, to get somewhere, hopefully. It's all a wait and see type of thing. At this moment, again, it's going to be what it's going to be. Your team is going to be your team. Gradual little tweaks here and there like we always do. Uh, very minor trade just took place actually on Friday. It's not showing here. I don't know why I had it. Yeah, boy. 
it was in here and I lost it. But we'll leave that alone for the moment. <laughs> I believe it was... Uh, That's right, Gustav Bjurman. Yeah, Gustav Bjurman was was traded to the Florida Panthers. Did uh, is this the very first trade in uh, Bill Guerin's history? I guess it's during his regime, but I wouldn't be surprised if acting general manager Tom Curvers maybe kind of finished this off. Was kind of getting the conversation going. Future considerations: seventh round pick from Minnesota in 2015, defenseman Gustav Bjurman. Bjurman off to the Florida Panthers for future considerations. Again, seventh-round pick, so it kind of is what it is. Hopefully, you know, best of luck to Gustav. Hopefully the Wilds' future considerations of whatever they are end up being something, but uh, yeah, it's pretty, uh, it's what it is. It's very, very minor trade, but again, God bless uh, Mr. Gustav there in his endeavors in Florida. Hopefully that works out well. Uh, more significant move, though, that I think people care about just a little bit in this town, obviously, uh, Eric Tanek, uh, he was a restricted free agent. He has inked a two-year contract at age 22. Cap hits of 1.4875 the next two years. So kind of evened out literally there. Just under $3 million total in the two years here. Just under $3 million. So about, yeah, you know what I mean, 2.8 or so, 2.8, 2.9-ish for Euler Tanek for two years here. Center of the third line. A lot of people believe that's where he's going to be this year, up and coming. The interesting line combination possibilities from Boudreaux and such with Cunning as the second line center, which I think sounds pretty cool. Gives him a chance to get something done. Koivu as low as the fourth line, possibly. Fourth line center, obviously, or otherwise third line for Miko Koivu, depending on his health. But uh, yes, it's time for Koivu to move down into the bottom six. And he is in the final season of his contract, and uh, more than likely... This is probably it, but or if you re-sign him, hopefully it's significantly less. Uh, it's no disrespect, just less. You know, like maybe I don't know, maybe one more year with like three million or something. I I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm in no rush to sign him for a ton of money. I mean, look at look at Eric Stahl. Look at Eric Stahl. What he's accomplished? Three point two five. I mean, okay, three point two five. So. Why sign Miko Koivu to like six million again? So obviously, yeah, he's not going to get five point five with Minnesota again. So that just kind of is what that is. Five point five a year, as much as Jason Zucker, who has a chance to still be a thirty goal guy, Zuccarillo again, six years for five, uh, six million a year for five years, and again, no move clause, unfortunately, and again, Koivu also. No move clause, but he always could waive it if it's the right team. Maybe he can go to the Pittsburgh Penguins or something, and they win the Stanley Cup for uh, <laughs> for Chris Porter. I bet Chris Porter just loved uh, Bill Guerin. Probably sad to see him go, and it's tough too. It's tough, you know, for a team like Pittsburgh right now losing Bill Guerin just before September here. Ouch! So that's got to hurt a little bit. Uh, so I, I feel for all these teams. A lot of teams are kind of annoyed, I think, with this seeing the guy possibly go and all that right before the season because it's tough to replace an assistant general manager. It's just next man up. But again, it is what it is. Other opportunities for other people. That's the good part at the end of the day. It's going to be fascinating to see how Bill Guerin does it uh, for the Minnesota Wild long term. Again, I love what he brings and that's pretty much (laughs) at the end of the day. Again, Hopefully, hopefully you can get in that locker room and kind of straighten things out. Of course, there's optimism when you have a guy like Matt Dumba coming back from injury. It's like addition from within right there. Uh, Jared Spurgeon's not sweating it. He says he'll basically, you know, by the end of his contract here, he'll, uh, he feels that he's confident in Bill Guerin basically being able to 
get to it when it's important when it's time to get to it hopefully as soon as possible I'd have to say uh, Brodina's two more years 4.1 so wow that was a long contract and it's already almost done unfortunately again you're not going to see Greg Pattern moved um, he'll be tough to trade and I I'm guessing Bill Guerin's not going to make any crazy move right now he's looking to get to know the team he's looking to restructure the staff rebuild the staff I mean we're talking scorched earth here um, you talk about Ron Hextall with the Philadelphia Flyers with a scorched earth NHL roster you talk about uh Doug Reisbrow with scorched earth everything the roster they especially the AHL the farm and all that and overseas and all there was almost nothing because he couldn't draft anybody he was terrible with Doug Reisbrow at drafting players I mean you look at his draft history say hockeydatabase.com or you know hockeydb.com whatever and you look at Minnesota Wild uh, draft history and, you know, it shows these names and all, like, links. You click on them, you can go to the player. But then there's the column next to them, which shows what they did in the National Hockey League. And there's countless players during the Doug Risborough era where it was just flat-out blank. Chuck Fletcher, there's a good number of players that made it to the NHL. Some of them successful, some of them not. But it was more of a mix, and it was more of, like, okay, you got some players, including Matt Dumba. Uh, you signed Jared Spurgeon as a free agent. That was cool. You got him as a as a free agent. The Islanders just kind of let him go after being a sixth-round pick. Uh, Jonas Brodin was a good draft pick, not a great one for as high as he was. He's good. I mean, and it's just, it is what it is. You know, the top, the top ten, just after the top five, you're not necessarily going to get, you know, a superstar. You might, but it's sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But at least you got a legitimate player who's not a bust at all at the end of the day. So there's things like that. Uh... And Bill Guerin, the whole, the most important thing here is, it's not just that Bill Guerin's going to be this genius and he's going to fix everything with his Houdini wand, whatever. It's about he's going to listen to everybody. It's, it's not going to be a closed-minded type of thing. And you know, maybe, maybe Paul Fenton drafted extremely bleeping well because I, I think a lot of these drafts or these these uh, a lot of these picks that Paul Fenton made look like they have a chance to be pretty good. But at the end of the day you know, if you're not going to be open-minded, it's going to come back on you real quick. And Risebrow was pretty close-minded as well. And you look at the columns, you know, during, you just scroll around that hockey database, it's pretty ugly. It's pretty ugly. Uh, certain guys, okay, maybe like Lubomir Sekarich was already in his 30s. You know, that guys like that. Other people, it's just, it's just a joke. They never did anything. They played a couple seconds in the NHL. Um, but especially later on, like, third round on or so, nobody played at all, or second round on, and eventually it was just first round on, yet first round picks that didn't make it at all. Risebrough was looked on as the kind of guy that, I don't think a lot of people liked Doug Risebrough either. He, he was kind of Fenton-like a little bit. It's just that was kind of, but that was years ago where there wasn't as much talk about analytics. You didn't really hear that word ever back then. Um, oh God, there was a Fiala drafted by Minnesota, 40th overall, and he never played a, a lick in the NHL. I mean, James Shepard, what a bust he was. See, it's not only that, okay, he played 394 games in the NHL, but he was the ninth overall pick, and he scored 91 points. See, it's stuff like that. Your best draft pick in the 2006 was draft was Cal Clutterbuck, a, a third-line right winger who wouldn't look too bad in a wild jersey, but ah, well, that's okay. Andrej Fiala. Andrej Fiala. There's a Fiala there. There's a Fiala. The Everett Silvertips, WHL, not a game. 40th overall pick. So there's a Fiala in wild history, draft history. It's kind of funny. Uh, Scandella, above average. Kuma played one game. 23rd overall pick, one game. Colton Gillies was mediocre at best. I know, I kind of go over history maybe too much. 
There's always early indicators, though, of how good your general manager might be. The Nick Letty draft was exciting, and the next thing you know, you trade him for Cam Bleep and Barker, and then it's like, ooh. So clearly, I mean, he, he made some good picks in that very draft. Kemper was a decent goalie who ended up getting better and better over the years. Unfortunately, ended up moving to get, uh, if he finally achieved, like, st- starting goalie statist- uh, status without us, with uh, Arizona. <laughs> uh, Eric Halla, very good draft pick, blah, blah, blah. Jason Zucker, Larson, didn't do anything. He's played a lot of games that hasn't done a whole lot as a second-round pick. Ballmer was a massive bust. Granlin was a really nice pick. Blah, 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 blah. Good trades, bad trades, this and that. Almost every time Mr. Uh, uh, Fletcher made a trade, it wasn't good. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, boy, there were, there were some rotten drafts. 2013 was awful. Olafson, Gabriel, Carson Soucy might be the best player in that group, and he hasn't uh, gotten there yet. Tuck getting traded away, that was another bad trade. I mean, kind of a panic type of situation. Some You had to do something. You didn't want to lose Dumba, and that was a good move to not lose him, but at the same time, Ooh, yeah. I mean, at the same time, it, it hurts. I mean, Alex Tuck is a nice player. It would have been nice if somehow, some way, we could have kept Tuck and Dumba. <sighs> right shot, right winger. Yeah, Ooh, ended up being really good for Vegas, especially last year. But even the year they went to the final there, right away, solid player. <clears throat> oh, we can go on forever, this and that. Not a single player of the last three drafts, 17, 18, 19, has skated an NHL game yet, but that's the NHL draft. The boldy pick by Frandon might end up being fantastic. Uh, Philip Johansson doesn't, I don't know. It, it's hard to say. He has nice little intangibles, but at the same time, no idea. Uh, the Kovanov pick, a lot of people love that one. He was ranked very high with another athletic article where they're ranking the uh, <clears throat> the farm systems out there. Kovanov considered the number three prospect by the uh, by the, uh, the writer there <clears throat> for the athletic. Highly recommend you subscribe to it, by the way. Russo and all the others out there that cover the National Hockey League, and of course our favorite club, the Minnesota Wild. There it is, 22 farm system. Let's look at that for a minute because, well, I mean, it's these are guys for Bill Guerin to work with and possibly some of them tra- trade them away, uh, work with them, this and that. Kirill Kabrizov and Boldy are the top two. And then to see Kovanov ranked number three, that's pretty incredibly high. Uh, Corey Proman, yep, he's kind of an analytics guy that works for the uh, athletic. I'm kind of surprised he put Nico Sturm fourth, though. Fourth? I, I don't know. Sam Henches, very good freshman year for uh, St. Cloud State Huskies there. Right after uh, <laughs> Moscow left that club for the Gophs. Mason Shaw ranked sixth, but he got hurt again. And that stinks. Jack McBain ranked seventh. I don't know. Some of these guys are... Uh, Jack McBain didn't do that good last year. But, well, hopefully all these Boston College players that are starting their freshman year that Paul Fenton chose are going to end up being good. <clears throat> First off, we'll see believe he's going to Connecticut. Will Biden, yep, remember, he did pretty well in the AHL in the bottom six roles. Oh, they played some center and such. Played some right wing, some center for the bottom six, and he was pretty solid. I mean, he got good. 29 points. He got better and better as the season progressed. He was uh, acquired for uh, Gustav Olofsson, if I remember correctly, who has done a whole lot of nothing for Minnesota other than get injured shoulders, basically. Matt Robson ranked 10th. Biden ranked ninth, uh, first off ranked eighth. That was another pick this year. Louis Belpedio ranked eleventh. I think that's kind of low, and, and I know he's going to have a hell of a time making the roster because a guy with his size and his game, he's an offensive player. Is Louis Belpedio, even though he can be a bit, a bit of a two-way defense and like he he can play defense and everything, but you have two offensive guys ahead of him. 
Spurgeon, who's obviously a smaller guy, and he's a you know, top four, even though you could argue he's the best defenseman in the wild, you put Dumba ahead of him because of what he is. Uh, his prolific scoring capability is one of the best goal-scoring defensemen in the National Hockey League, if not number one overall, with that rocket shot and accuracy and the power and the ability that he has, quick release and everything. But uh, Louis Belpedio isn't, they, they just say he has a chance to make the NHL, and it's like, oof. I think Belpedio has a, has a chance to be a good player in the league, but again, it's the way the roster is situated that could make it challenging for Louis Belpedio. Um, because it's not like, okay, you get rid of Greg Pattern. Like, thank God he's gone. But Louis Belpedio is not going to be a physical defenseman. He's an offensive defenseman. You're going to probably have to have a physical guy. My counter to that argument, though, as long as he's with Nick Sealer, it shouldn't matter, right? Like, Nick Sealer's the physical guy. Why are you going to have two physical guys on the same line? You know, But, I mean, again, the bottom pairing, Belpedio is not going to be nearly as successful because he's not going to be on the ice. He's not going to be on power plays, this and that, if he's considered a uh, 5-6 defenseman. So there's that comeback as well. It's kind of a back and forth there. Uh, Brandon DeHame ranked number 12. Yeah, he has some, he has some ability. He's, he's kind of like Zuccarillo where he plays on the right, but he shoots left, that type of thing. But um, he plays on the right as a natural right wing, but, again, shoots left. So interesting there. Adam Beckman. Another uh, another the Boston College guys there. Gabo Kakinen ranked 14th. Obviously, we saw him be very, very, very up and down. But when he's good, he's unbelievable. He's gonna, he's, he, he can get three or four shutouts in like a week when he's hot. He's just crazy. And then he gets the crap beat out of him at times. Uh, he evens out to be a pretty solid goalie who does have a chance to be a long-term National Hockey League goalie. But maybe the Wild picked uh, some players. Maybe Fenton picked a couple of goalies here in this draft particularly Hunter Jones, that could absolutely be the goalie of the future, along with um, Matt Robson, who I think has a legitimate shot to uh, do th- uh, do something in the National Hockey League long term. Ivan Ladnia ranked 15th. He's got some scoring ability. Smaller guy who can shoot the puck, this and that. Um, he's, he's pretty solid, though. He's, he's solid. He's solid in the puck battles and such. Uh, Connor Dewar, I, I thought he was ranked higher than this. So it's like certain guys, I, I, I don't know. I mean, this guy knows more than I do. <laughs> you know, he does. Uh, Connor DeWar, center, Everett, WHL, Gordiev, who was acquired, he's a defenseman who was acquired recently for, I believe it was a seventh-round pick from Toronto late in the season from Paul Fennin. Philip Johansson, oh, number one pick in 2018, ranked 18th. Oh, Hunter Jones ranked 19th because they're not sure yet, obviously very early. Uh, he'll be a very interesting one right there with Connecticut. Simon Johansson ranked 20th. You could go on forever. Marshall Warren, Boston College defenseman. Very prolific with the, uh, the uh, under-18 United States there. Really prolific. He's got a chance, but again, he's not consistent yet. But super-duper young. Born just a few months before September 11th. Uh, Demetrius Sokolov ranked all the way down to 22nd. Uh, definitely a prolific scorer, but he, sometimes he just doesn't keep himself in great shape. Mativa Guskov, that's an interesting one, I guess. Uh, <laughs> he's an interesting one in a sense. I don't believe he was a draft pick. He was acquired along the way as a free agent. Yeah, he was not a draft pick. Uh, Brennan Menel considered, well, we'll see. I'm not sure why they rank him so low, but uh, it's hard to see him in the NHL because his size, they're saying. But, oh, he was pretty effing good, though, for the AHL. And again, again, same situation for his Louis Belpedio. Both of them are right shot, blah, blah, blah. And you got uh, Spurgeon and Dumba above them. So if Spurgeon does leave as a free agent, it's between Mendel and uh, Belpedio to get that uh, 3-4 role there. The second pairing for the defense, uh, the right shot defenseman there, which could be something. Uh, Luke Johnson 
was acquired during the offseason. Yep, 24 years of age. Still has a chance. Damien Giroux, he's ranked this far down. Wow. They say, uh, Proman says, I like Giroux's sense and compete a lot, but I don't know if a 5'10", he has the speed for the NHL. So, yeah, there's always something like that where guys, are they have this, but they don't have this. They have this, but they don't have this. Uh, Nick Sweeney also not in the top 20-ish, which I'm kind of surprised. I think he's really good. Uh, Mr. Uh, Proman says, I like his speed, skill, and compete, but don't know if his size, but if at his size he's dynamic enough, he was a good player on the national champion. Well, multiple uh, national championships for Nick Sweeney. So he's got a chance to be something special, I think. I, I like Nick Sweeney an awful lot. He scored some clutch goals. We'll wait and see, though. Yep. Um, I'm surprised Mason Shaw's ranked 10th, even though he was very good, and he's only 20, but multiple ACLs. He's got three ACLs. So, pretty crazy. I believe it's two on the left, one on the right, but, yeah, it's two on one, one on the other, that type of thing. Uh, Kovanov, I'm very excited about. I hope he can uh, achieve something special. So, they're saying the entire organization, though, like guys that are in the National Hockey League as well. Uh, Proman has Matthew Boldy ranked number one overall, and, again, that could be a great pick by Fenton, but also, if a guy falls in your lap and you don't take him, you're an idiot. So, that's kind of a common-sense pick there. Kevin Fiala, Number two overall. Interesting. Even though, well, he's, he's had some moments, but he wasn't good for us last year. And obviously, they got that femur situation where he it made him a very skittish player along the wall where he basically avoids contact as much as possible. I understand, but eventually you're going to have to get past that, buddy. You're going to have to. You're in the you're in the NHL. You're not you're not just playing peewees out there or roller hockey or whatever. But even roller hockey, they're pretty physical. Ryan Donato ranked third overall, even above Kaprasov at this stage. But, uh, well... Kabrasov needs to show up <laughs> here in the United States first before we can get too excited. Luckily, Mr. Uh, luckily, Mr. Uh, <clears throat> Bill Guerin getting distracted with some noise above me. I don't know what's up with that. Uh, Bill Guerin uh, already planning a trip out there to go see Kabrasov. So already planning that trip to go out and, and obviously meet it with the agent as well with Kaprizov. So that's good. Very cool to get things going because Kaprizov is eligible in April as long as he doesn't sign a new deal behind our back here and we're screwed. But as soon as April, Kirill Kaprizov could be a member of your Minnesota Wild. Luke Cunning ranked number five. Jordan Greenway ranked number six. Jule Eriksson-Eck, or Jule Eriksson-Eck, pardon me, ranked number seven, still at age 22. Alexander Kovanov, num at 19 years of age, ranked number eight. Sam Henches, again, hopefully he has a really nice sophomore year with the St. Cloud State Huskies, and we'll see. He might be a really beautiful fit with the uh, Iowa Wild for a, for a few months after that, maybe into next season, and we'll see. But who knows? Maybe he'll stay for his, his junior year. Fiala's got some prolific skating ability. He really does, but... Boy, uh, and his puck handling is fantastic. He's got the speed. He, he's got all the tools to be a really good player, offensively anyway. But again, if he's going to be skittish and he's going to be off that little bit, he's, he's not going to be. He's, he's not going to reach the potential he has. Um, but well, at least he'll be better than the Fiala that uh, Doug Risebrook took years and years and years ago, back in 2006, behind James Shepard, 40th overall. <laughs> the draft never played a never played a minute in the NHL. Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. Um, but, yeah, the first trade during the uh, Bill Guerin era has taken place, and it's uh, basically uh, Gustav Bierman for uh, future considerations for the Panthers. So, yeah, and again, I'm pretty sure that was Tom Curvers. I hope uh, Bill Guerin keeps Tom Curvers on board. Everybody loves that guy, and he was a, a nice piece 
for the Tampa Bay Lightning. He was a nice assistant GM for them during the uh, Steve Heiserman era. Oh, boy. And that's a guy that the Wild could have had years ago. Hopefully, Bill Guerin is much more of the Steve Eiserman type, and I wouldn't be surprised if he is. Uh, Eiserman, no surprise, winds up with the Detroit Red Wings. I don't know if I talked about that or not, but, yeah, he's the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. He literally left Tampa to go to Detroit, which everybody kind of knew. It was the worst-kept secret in the NHL, and that's pretty much what took place there. Uh, I don't believe there's any new comments on Facebook. Just people are like, yay, we got him, we got him, and I agree. Uh, again, I just want to say more and more apologies that I didn't talk about Bill Guerin more on the last episode. It's like I was just locked in on those other guys, and I figured, yep, I mean, we interviewed Bill Guerin last year, and maybe he not so, maybe, maybe it's just, we'll just kind of interview him again, we'll see. Maybe he'll move a little higher, but he'll end up being one of the other guys. But probably should have hired this guy in the first place last season. It's just the, the whole tunnel vision, and that's where bringing in Mike Madonna made the big difference. Uh, Mike Madonna coming to this organization is extremely promising. Uh, Michael Russo wrote an article not long after the firing of Paul Fenton that he does believe that uh, Mike Madonna will move into hockey ops in the not-too-distant future, and especially with Bill Guerin. It's going to happen. It is going to happen if it's VP of, of hockey ops or president of hockey, uh, uh, hockey operations. And Mike Madonna, multiple times during that interview that led to the article, talked about uh, that, uh, well, he was going to be with the Obviously, he was going to be in the interviewing process every step of the way, and he's going to help Craig Leopold every step of the way that he's needed, and also that he would like to see his his uh, role with the Minnesota Wild grow in the coming years. And well, read between the lines there. It's yeah, he he wants to be in hockey operations too, just not boom right out of the gate here. Join the Wild. Oh, I'm the general manager now. Move away, Paul Fenton. I'm in charge, brother. But uh, when he hadn't been an assistant GM yet, uh, again. Mike Bodano definitely had a hand in this, and quite frankly, thank you. Uh, this is going to be a fun tandem. Madonna and Garen, I think possibly for many years, might end up leading this team to something very special. Uh, I'd like to uh, second Bill, uh, Craig Leopold's thoughts on Bill Garen acquiring his fifth Stanley Cup, that that's the one we care about. We, we care about Bill Garen acquiring his fifth Stanley Cup because obviously we have a pretty good idea who that would be with, and I, I hope it happens. I truly do. Very nice, positive future for the Minnesota Wild. Unfortunately, it's going to take a little while. It might get worse before it gets better. But it shouldn't get too much worse because not everything Fenton did was completely stupid. Obviously, the Donato trade wasn't completely stupid. You just could have gotten more, possibly. And it's not like he dumped off uh, Greenway and such. And maybe Fiala could be that wonderful player. The uh, Granlin situation, again, he was possibly going to demand up to $8 million a year. And the Wild were not ready to do that. Not ready to commit $8 million a year to uh, Mikhail Granlin. Fiala, not going to cost $8 million. Uh, unfortunately, he still needs to be signed, Kevin Fiala and Louis Belpedio. Those are the two guys still pending at the moment, and most likely they'll get done. And that's pretty much all you're going to see with personnel moves other than maybe some minor league slash prospect, minor prospect trades like uh, Gustav Bierman, that type of thing. With that said, that's probably what you're going to see for now because Bill Guerin's got to do a better job of getting to know everybody than Paul Fenton ever could have hoped to do. And that's what he's going to do. Not only get to know people that are there, work to work with them, get to know them, this and that, get a vibe, see how they work with the organization, put them in proper roles, but also bring in more people to fill empty seats that are everywhere. Empty seats that are everywhere. That uh, Paul Fenton literally burned the ground, scorched earth with the Minnesota Wild throughout the last 15 months, such as the world has never seen. <laughs> scorched earth such as the NHL has never seen. Well, at least, at least in my opinion, it's uh, really something. 
So, great hire, I do believe. Very optimistic. And one final thing, I guess, for some sad reason, Minnesota Wild Hardcore is no more. There was some, apparently, some disagreements behind the scenes with some of the the, the guys higher up, Jim Maddell and others, and the website's no more. So apparently, I'm going to invite people that, uh, you know, that, to, to join Minnesota Wild Global. That's basically like a new version of it, I guess you could say, started by uh, guys like Chad Walski and such. Uh, who was the main guy, though? It was Scott Cavendish. Yep, who is on my Facebook friend group. Of course, I knew him from Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Scott Cavendish started it, so that's something to look forward to. Minnesota Wild Global, I encourage you to join that as well. And, of course, MNW Prospects. MNW Prospects. Absolutely love that page. MNW Prospects. I'm very proud to be a part of that still. I need to post more, and I do apologize to uh, Pavel Burnett and Mary Skyba and Justin out there. The guys are great. They do a good job with this page, keeping up with things. Pablo Burnett, yeah, oh man, love you guys. Uh, Pablo Burnett and Merrick Skyba out of the Czech Republic and Justin locally as well in the United States at the very least. Minnesota Wild, Prospects and Young Players. So do join those two pages if you haven't yet. Would be great. We'd love to have you on board. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not an admin for Minnesota Wild Global, but I'm what they call a founding member, I guess. So that's cool. I'm one of the founding fathers, man. No, I'm one of the founding members. So I'm more like uh, I'm more like Sam Adams, not uh, not John Adams. Okay, so look at it that way. <laughs> Sam Adams not nearly as not quite as high up as John Adams, where he actually was a president or stuff like that. So look at it that way. <laughs> With that said, again, wishing all of you the best. Again, hopefully Bill Guerin is the higher. That changes this franchise once and for all. I mean, we've been through so much here, obviously. We went through some good times early on. A little bit of luck early on. Again, you got the right coach, but the wrong general manager. Couldn't sustain what we had. Uh, too many frayed relationships with Marion Gabrick. And along the way, things went very south. And we never got another Marion Gabrick type of player again. Hopefully, Matthew Boldy could be that type of guy for the Minnesota Wild in the long-term future. So we can thank Paul Fenton for Matthew Boldy at the very least. He might end up being something very special. And just the hockey god, so to speak, for uh, <laughs> allowing uh, for having other teams take players ahead of Matthew Boldy rather than uh, take scooping him up and leaving us with, uh, with, with others that might have been uh, more likely to fall to our position rather than a, a guy like Boldy who could have gone significantly higher. So very good fortune there for Minnesota. Thank God for that. Uh, with that said, please join the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash bravethewild.minnesota. And then at bravethewild, at bravethewild is the Twitter account. Thank you for joining that in advance. If you could, get, interact with me, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877 is the voicemail. It's, it, it takes three minutes, so again, treat it as a voicemail. It'll cut you off after three minutes. Other than that, use the, uh, I got to recommend the audio submission route. I think that's a better way to go. Just record with your smart device or if you have Audacity on a laptop or desktop computer. Otherwise, your smart device, free voice recording application. Treat it like a phone call. Save it and send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. Join the conversation that way, audio-wise. We can have a fan interaction segment, and I'd be very proud to have you on board. Say where you're from. Give your name and say where you're from, like Joey from Golden Valley, Minnesota, or whoever. (laughs) That would be great to have you on board in a big way. With that said, I'm wishing all of you a good rest of the summer and 
boy, it's going to be preseason hockey before you know it, training camp, and you got your general manager out there. He'll probably be, uh, boy, it's going to be a lot, a lot of fun to keep up with this team in the next couple of years and beyond. Thank you.